Hello and welcome to the latest edition of China Inc. by Bamboo Works, where we discuss the latest business and financial news from China and what it all means. I'm Doug Young, Bamboo Works editor in chief, and I'm joined today by Renee Vangestein, one of our founding partners, who's also a longtime China watcher and former investment banker. Today we'll take a look at the latest milestone for Luckin, China's coffee comeback kid. We'll also look at a new strategy to lure investors from Miniso. A low-cost Chinese retailer in Japanese sheep clothing. We'll start with Luckin, a Starbucks challenger best known for admitting to hundreds of millions of dollars in fake sales in 2020. But rather than roll over and die, the company threw out its co-founders and retooled, then got its finances in order and resumed its earlier aggressive expansion. It passed Starbucks in terms of stores in China last year. And both companies' latest quarterly results show Luckin has now also overtaken Starbucks in terms of revenue in China. So, Renee, well, Luckin has overtaken Starbucks in revenue terms. We should also point out that Luckin has nearly eleven thousand stores compared with just six thousand five hundred Starbucks in China. Why has it taken Luckin so many more stores to achieve the same revenue as Starbucks? And from an investor standpoint, is this something to be concerned about? Well, two very different animals, as far as I'm concerned.、Um, if you if you look at Starbucks, first of all, the range of、uh, products on sale at Starbucks is、uh, pretty large. It's growing. They're regularly adding、uh, goods, products, and so on. And it's it's all about the experience. M- lots of people go to Starbucks and spend hours there with friends,、uh, or sometimes simply with their computer, and they work or they, you know, cruise on social media and so on. You go to Luckin pretty much to just buy a cup of coffee.、Uh, that is compared to most、uh, items that,、uh, or more coffee、uh, items at Starbucks, is is much cheaper. So、um, you know you need a much bigger volume to achieve the same level of revenue, and you need a lot more location so that you have a much bigger footprint. Um, across the country, presumably, and、uh, to basically boost up your sales number. Okay. So the second part, do you think,、uh, from an investor standpoint, this isn't something you would be worried about? Well,、uh, you know, I think it's you inevitably going to have higher margins、uh, in a business like Starbucks as long as they can. Retain、uh, customers and attract、uh, new customers and so on.、Um, it's the classical、uh, strategic、uh, decisions of: Do you go for kind of higher end, which in the case of Starbucks includes the experience and so on, or do you go for mass、uh, selling of cheaper product?、Um, Investors, you know, want profits. They want profits. They want the highest margins possible,、uh, and、uh, growth opportunities.、Um, but growth is not just the number of outfits that you have. It's growth in 
revenues, obviously, but more importantly, especially these days, brought in bottom line, in profits. And whoever delivers that gets more investment dollars, if you want, than uh, anybody else. So not long after its scandal broke, Luckin was booted from the NASDAQ and has been traded as an over-the-counter stock ever since. It's hinted it'd like to return to the NASDAQ someday, and its market value is in the billions of dollars. Uh, what obstacles are standing in its way, and do you think it could realistically ever make it back to the NASDAQ? I'm not too sure what obstacles are in the way. Uh, obviously, you know, it's, um, it's up to NASDAQ to uh, determine how they look at each and every company that is listed on NASDAQ or a candidate to be uh, listed on NASDAQ. Uh, NASDAQ has a set of rules, obviously, uh, that companies have to meet uh, in order to be uh, you know, accepted for listing. Um, the, uh, but uh, generally speaking, you know, if we look at it, it's, it almost looks like a story of redemption. One could argue, um, possibly, that uh, Luckin today is a completely different company from uh, Luckin uh, three years ago, four years ago, when all those shenanigans were uh, taking place. Mm. Uh, the uh, old management is gone. There's a new management in place. There's, I think, a new um, PE firm backing it up. Um, and you could, you know, you could build the argument that uh, as, as the company has presumably cleaned up its act, uh, resolved all of these problems, um, you, you're looking at the very different company. You're almost looking at a new company, which, standing on its own merits, could uh, potentially uh, sway Nasdaq into uh, considering that it is now a company that is fit for mm-hmm. a full listing on Nasdaq. Okay. That's, you know, I, once again, I don't know how Nasdaq uh, is looking at it right now, but that's, that's how I would look at it. Mm-hmm. So you uh, you don't think Nasdaq will hold uh, hold the past against them? The you know the fact that they were the source of this this massive fraud that really you know put a made them look bad for sure. Uh, but you don't think they'll hold they would hold the past against them? Well, I mean, look, let's um, uh, let's look at we uh, let's look at it a little bit uh, differently. Um, and and not obviously to the same uh, extent, but um, there are, you know, every year there are a number of companies who have to restore or do restore because they have to, um, you know, past financials uh, that were produced and, and filed uh, publicly. Hmm. Sometimes for you know, relatively benign uh, reasons, um, such as difference of interpretation by uh, some auditors on how to treat a specific item. Uh, Sometimes, you know, for more serious, uh, I wouldn't call necessarily offenses, but lapses in in how um, the uh, production of uh, the financial results uh, was done how um, certain accounting, uh, certain 
items such as sales of certain products and so on uh, were actually accounted for and whether that was 100% in compliance with accounting rules or not. Um, and, and, you know, a lot of those companies continue to be listed. Now, fully acknowledge that uh, this is obviously on a somewhat different scale from uh, people <laughs> deliberately committing fraud. But, you right. know, once, once again, those people are gone. One could argue that uh, this was not the company itself, but it was uh, the, the management the um, that, right. uh, that was rotten. Uh, and that the company in itself, its business, uh, is um, you know is there, and it was a real business in terms of what it was doing, and um, and and the customers that it had, and so on. At least those that were not fictitious. So you know, I mean, mm. Americans in general um, have a, to some extent, sometimes are a bit fond of redemption stories. Now, mm-hmm. obviously, here uh, the one thing that needs to be taken into account is that lots of people lots of, lost a lot of money, and not just right. institutions but individuals as well. Um, and then, you know, there are inevitably, I would think, some um, geopolitical considerations uh, at stake here by uh, virtue of the fact that the company is a Chinese company as opposed to the U.S. company. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. uh, people are, uh, in, institutions such as NASDAQ are not necessarily, uh, you know, supposed to look at it that way as long as they're satisfied that the disclosures are what they should be and, uh, mm-hmm. and that the company is behaving the way it should. and and that the auditors are, you know, respectable auditors approved and, and registered with the PCAOB and so on. Um, so um, who knows? Um, I'm not on the, the body that makes those decisions at NASDAQ, but uh, that's how I would look at it. Now, whether, whether people would buy the stock or not, whether investors <laughs> would buy the stock or not, is, is obviously a different. Right, right, right. Okay. All right, well, let's, let's move on uh, to the next topic we got, which is uh, Miniso, which is uh, the, they're pretty ubiquitous in China, at least in the big cities. Uh, and they have, like, flashy stores and sell a lot of low-priced goods like makeup and office supplies. And the other thing is they're often mocked for their logo's uncanny resemblance to the much larger Uniqlo, which uh, everyone knows is the big fast fashion chain. Um, but this week, it's not Miniso's logo that caught our attention, but rather its announcement of a new dividend policy. And that means Miniso's committing to making regular dividend payments in the future equal to 50% or more of its profits. So this, this kind of new economy startup traditionally rarely paid dividends. Uh, and that was back in the time you know, when investors were happy to buy their stocks just for their China growth story. Uh, but it seems like a growing number of these companies are starting to at least consider and, and sometimes offer dividends. We saw JD.com, which is one of the big techs, announced its first ever dividend in 2022. So what, you know, you, you work with these companies all the time. Uh, you know, what, what do you think is driving this? Growth is over. <laughs> The responsibility of a board of directors is always to make 
the best use of cash um, for the benefit of ultimately the benefit of shareholders. So when when you're a startup and you know you grow quickly or less quickly over a number of years, as long as the board of director more so than management, but sometimes uh, the line between the two, uh, especially in China, I think, uh, you know, as long as as they feel that whatever cash the company has is best used to invest in future growth that uh, will benefit shareholders eventually uh, at some point in time in the future, they have tended historically to continue to favor investing in, uh, the, in growth as opposed to paying dividends and rewarding uh, shareholders uh, in a more direct way and more immediate way. And it is based on the concept that as the company continues to grow, um, typically, as long as it's profitable and it remains profitable, typically the stock price will follow and, and shareholders will be rewarded. There comes a point for every company, actually, uh, where future growth uh, doesn't look as promising as it was historically. And if the company has a fair amount of cash or is generating a fair amount of cash annually in a more, you know, uh, stable growth environment where management and the board of directors in particular, who is uh, responsible for taking care of the interest of uh, all shareholders, uh, inevitably has to start uh, focusing on what to do with the cash. And uh, typically, the market will look at that uh, and has looked at that historically as a sign that growth, uh, future growth is going to be slower uh, than mm. what it was in the past, or in certain rare cases that uh, the company has just become so successful um, that uh, no matter how much money it needs to continue to grow and, and the fact that it has solid uh, continuing growth prospects, there's just so much cash that you can pay dividends. I mean, one could look at Apple, basically, to right. some extent, as a perfect mm. example of that, right? So mm. one, one additional consideration also is that, um, you know, over the past uh, two, three years, investors have grown a bit tired of continuing to throw money at companies for the sake of top-line growth without achieving bottom-line uh, satisfactory results. So the, um, you know, what's behind the decision at, at Miniso? Uh, well, look, uh, we all know that the Chinese economy is not growing as fast as it used to. Most people believe that it will never grow as fast as it used to, let's say, in the last decade, in the, you know, in the teens. Mm -hmm. And therefore, it starts making sense to pay dividends to retain uh, shareholders and attract additional shareholders. That's sort of what I was thinking, too. Um, if we look... At this, JD is is a is certainly a big name, and and Tencent has also offered a dividend for years. But apart from those two, none of the other big techs like Alibaba, Meituan, or Baidu has offered dividends yet. Um, 
do you think these guys, you know, will, will change and, and jump on this sort of growing dividend tide? You know, they're all in the same Chinese economy and, you know, why or why not? Well, I, yeah, I think it's it's uh, it's possible that some will. I'm not too sure. I would not necessarily make it a general statement. It's obviously, hmm. you know, decisions that are very individual to each and every company. Um, if um, if you look at a specific company that has been in a particular business that has grown pretty well. Uh, over the years, and you know, you have you have a fair amount of cash or whatever. Um, some companies may decide that um, they're going to stick to what they know best, what they do best, and they're not going to diversify. And growth is slowing down, and therefore it makes sense to consider paying dividends. Another company mm. may uh, look at uh, at its business and so on and feel that uh, it has, you know, pretty good opportunities and reasons to diversify uh, and that uh, the cash that it has is needed to do that, mm-hmm. either to, you know, invest in, in a um, greenfield new business or to acquire uh, a company in a different business sector, close or not to uh, what the company is doing today. So, you know, I mean, those are individual corporate decisions that are made based on uh, what the management of the company and and the board believes makes sense uh, for the future direction of the the company. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, So, again, we'll have to just wait and see, but... uh... Sounds like maybe some will and some won't. Yeah, you know, you know what is interesting also, Doug, is that if you place that in the current context of what is going on in China in general and in the world as well, you know, some of those companies may feel that for a variety of reasons that uh, they should, you know, throw lots of money at uh, building a um, artificial intelligence business. Hmm. because it's something that is important for the country or go into, you know, the chip business because it's important for the country. So hmm. you go right back to, as I said earlier, these are these are decisions that are made individually uh, by company and, and actually, uh, you know, by individuals um, hmm. that, uh, that uh, look at, uh, the business is, is, you know, is a pure shareholder-driven business, or sometimes look at the business with, um, you know, more uh, wider uh, set of interests or perceived needs. Okay. All right. So it's still sort of like, you know, each, each company is different. All right. Eddie, let's let's wrap things up. Uh, thanks, everyone, again for listening this week. If you like what you hear please tell your friends about us and rate us and share us on your favorite podcast app and don't forget to join us again next week for another edition of china inc when we'll look once more at the latest trending china business topic hope to see you then goodbye for now goodbye all thank you very much